All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Rigo's Rag Podcast. Back for you again today. We've been firing off a few pods um in the last week or so. Uh, we had a Ruben Foster reaction pod a few days ago um after he was injured, tore his ACL out for the season. Big news. So if you want to see uh, what the implications are for that, um you can go check out that podcast. Also, a few days ago, me and Jacob uh took to a fantasy draft of sorts for the Redskins roster. It got kind of ugly at the end. If you want to see how that went, you can check that out. Uh, that was our last podcast. Today, though, uh, we're bringing something new. The first edition of the Riggles Rag Roundtable. We're going to be bringing on new contributors uh, every time the uh, roundtable gets together. And uh, this time around, we got Matt Hines and Connor Forrest. Connor, how are you doing? It's been a while. I'm doing good, fellas. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this, as always. I uh, appreciate you guys making the time on a Saturday night, but it's always good to talk skins ball, don't you think? Yeah, usually. Not always, but usually. Uh, Matt, how yeah, you let's, doing? Let's preface that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm good, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Happy to be here as well. Looking forward to talking some Redskins. Yeah, after all the um, player acquisition phase of the offseason has kind of died down, uh, teams are settling, so it's going to be hot take season soon here. Uh, either people are going to say they're going to go 12-4, and four, people saying they're going 4-12, and 12, and it seems like there's no middle ground. We're here to kind of put it in context and bring the whole NFC East into the picture, Eagles, Cowboys, and Giants, and kind of just go around the round table and see what we think the order is going to be, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to get some different opinions, but I think we're going to have similar opinions about the Giants, but it's going to be interesting to see uh, what, what goes on. So I guess we'll get right into it. Connor, you got any hot takes about the NFC East? What's just your general thoughts uh, up to this point? Well, it's interesting. The NFC East is always probably my it's my favorite division to uh, to talk about because every year it's different, and quite frankly, every year there's a team that kind of shows some some sparks that weren't expected. I mean, if you go back the year before the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I don't think anybody would have picked Philadelphia. There were some questions about Carson Wentz. You know, there were, have always been questions about Dak Prescott. You never know what's going on in, up in New York. The skins are always up and down. All in all, I mean, it's early. Again, we're having this conversation in May. You know, we're, we're not even into training camp yet. But um, it's safe to say if you're if you're starting projections, I, I think the Eagles are, are probably favorited. I think they have some great talent. I thought they did a nice job at the draft. They didn't have much draft capital. But, you know, getting Andre Dillard at tackle. You know, you got D-Jacks back, Deshaun Jackson. You know, you, you got guys that can make a difference. Malik Jackson, whatever he's got left in the tank. Um, they didn't really lose too much. I know Nick Foles left. Golden Tate really didn't work. J.J. was always hurt. Jordan Hicks, their biggest loss there, Jordan Hicks or Nick Foles. But, you know, it's really going to come down to how Carson Wentz plays. Um, but I think the Eagles really are are probably favorited. Um, that could always change. Yeah, I mean, when me and Nathan were on, uh, we were going over the NFC draft performances, I think, a few like a month ago or so. And we, we said, you know, they didn't have a lot of draft capital, but they're one of the rare teams who didn't really have to do a whole lot in the draft this year. They just kind of had to maintain what they had. And I think they did that. So, yeah, they're a playoff contender as far as I'm concerned. Matt, what do you think? Uh, I'm, I'm just going to keep going with what you guys have been saying. Uh, <laughs> Eagles are the team that I have as number one going into the season. To the points that you made about the, the people that they brought in, bringing Deshaun Jackson back, that one broke my heart. I still have a Deshaun Jackson Redskins jersey, and I was Oof. really hoping to be able to take it out of the closet and wear it again. Uh, but in the closet, it'll stay. <laughs> um, one of the draft picks that I really liked for them was Miles Sanders, the running back. And then the fact that they traded for Jordan Howard also, I think they put together a really nice backfield there pretty quietly. And if Wentz can come back and be what he was for that brief time before he got hurt, he was making some out-of-this-world plays. I got the, the Eagles as my number one team. Yeah, people kind of underrate Wentz. Is it just me? I mean, like... No, I, I'm with you. I, I think Wentz could be could be an elite quarterback. 
this league. I think he was very close to cracking that. Had he not gotten hurt, what, what he's able to do when healthy is, is pretty remarkable. Yeah, he, yeah I think that's yeah. the key thing, a component to that, though, is as well as just keeping healthy. I mean, absolutely. really, every year there seems to be a conversation of, of whether Wentz, Wentz is 100% and you know, hasn't, hasn't gone through a full year healthy. Um, yeah, I mean, that's really the biggest question is that if he can stay healthy, I mean, you, you know the plays he can make. I mean, there are just highlight reels of him just making ridiculous plays with his arm and with his legs. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, especially considering that, that what he was dealing with last year was a back problem. I mean, you, you start to wonder if there's any nerve issue or anything that could, could cause any bigger damage. Who knows? I, I think the big thing is staying healthy, though, for him, for sure. Yeah, he, he had the knee brace on for, like, the whole year. I mean, I, I just saw a video from OTAs just a couple of days ago where he finally has the brace off and he's moving really well. I remember that one play. I can't remember which game it was, but it was the Skins and the Eagles. I can't remember if it was the home game or the away game, but literally the whole pocket collapsed around him. He's oh. in this dog pile, and he just somehow just like Houdini's out of there and gets 20 yards. I'm like, <laughs> are you kidding? I think that was kidding? week one. Was that week one? I think that was week one at FedEx. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I just knew uh, that it was going to be a long season right after he somehow miraculously burst out of that pile of players. <laughs> I don't remember what week it was, but I do know that I did have a drink in my hand and then it ended up on the floor. I just <laughs> I had enough after that, but yeah. I think I probably just finished fun. mine. <laughs> <laughs> Both adequate reactions to that kind of play. <laughs> I, will, I will testify to that. Yeah, but Wentz is that kind of player. For sure, if he's at full health, he's um MVP candidate, especially in that offense. I mean, Doug Peterson... We forget about him. He's the guy who engineered that run, you know, with analytics-driven offense, uh, you know, just a very smart coach. And I think people are kind of underrating his ability to get back. You know, they never quite put the pieces together in 2018, and they still won a playoff game, really fought with the Bears, who had a crazy good defense. So they're a dangerous team. I think they should be the favorite. What do you guys think about Dak Prescott? What do you think about those Cowboys and Jason Garrett? It seems like no one ever knows, like, what to think of them. Yeah, so Dak Prescott is an interesting guy. Uh, well, there was a, there were some rumors that they were talking about a contract extension already, talking you know thirty plus million dollars a year, and, and I hope they give it to him. I really do, because uh, I I don't worry about Dak Prescott as a as an asset. Like I think he's a fine quarterback. I think some people overreact and they say, oh, he's terrible, but it's like their Redskins fandom, you know, showing. I think he's a fine quarterback. Would I pay him $30 million? Not a chance. I think that offense is driven by Ezekiel Elliott. I think Amari Cooper brings a really, really nice element to it. We started to see it towards the end of last year, like what they were capable of doing uh, with a true receiver threat on the outside and with an offseason under their belt. I'm going to guess that's improved. But Dak Prescott doesn't worry me. Uh, their weapons worry me on offense. Yeah. And, and I think they've started to put together kind of a sneaky good defense. But in terms of just Dak Prescott, I, he doesn't worry me. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I think their defense is better than Philly's defense. I don't know. I, don't I know. agree. Yeah? Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I mean Yeah, I mean if you look at some of the guys they added this offseason, it's kind of it's it's a bit of an older list. Like it would have been more impressive a couple yeah. years ago, but guys you know, they re they, they re signed Demarcus Lawrence, which was huge. You know, they still have Randy Gregory, who's kind of an anomaly. You never know what you're gonna get with him. But they brought in Robert Quinn, they drafted Tristan Hill. Their uh, linebackers are crazy good. Yeah, they've got yeah, and yeah, the, the the young linebacker core is ridiculous. Uh and then they, they kind of shirt up their secondary with George Ioka. They just got, you know, a lot of pieces there and if they can bring it together I think it could be something serious yeah and they have I don't know who their I can't remember who their defensive coordinator's name is I I should because he coached for the Lions and he was really bad for the Lions but now apparently he's a great <laughs> defensive coordinator for Dallas I don't know Rod Mirinelli or something yep that yeah. sounds all right, about right. okay okay yeah. that sounds like a Cowboys name but yeah he's 
He's doing a lot of good stuff there. I don't know. Connor, you reacted with a bit of uncertainty. So I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Yeah, so in terms of Dak Prescott, to answer your first question, I have to agree with Matt 100%. I fine. I'm not losing sleep at night if he's my quarterback, but yeah, I, I agree. I think he's he's a good quarterback. I think he's he's a quarterback you you want on your team, but uh, but I, I don't think he's a quarterback. Like you said you you pay you know top dollar to have on your team, but unfortunately, as as you've seen up in Minnesota and Skins have have had to have these conversations as to who you pay. That's just market demand. But but the Cowboys are interesting though. I think the Cowboys have also put a little bit um, a little bit of pressure here on Dak. You know, offensively, I, I think Cole Beasley's a good slot receiver i don't think he's elite i think people sometimes conflate how talented he is but Mm. i think the loss of him is gonna hurt i think that he was a great safety blanket but i think losing jeff swaim i know jeff swaim i mean you wouldn't really know who jeff swaim was if you walked into like a giant food store and he walked right next to you uh but uh, (laughs) but he was also kind of a you know a mainstay i know you got jason witten back but i think the key is like you said you got randall cobb coming in you got robert quinn you have george iloka coming in Unfortunately, a lot of those guys, I mean, they're productive, but they're older. Mm. Randall Cobb, you basically can shoot him in for maybe five games out per year with injury. I mean, he's constantly injured. George Iloka. He was one of those, um, he was one of those safeties who kind of got phased out with all the, um, all the rule changes because he's kind of like one of those downhill hitters. Hard hitters. Exactly right. Doesn't really fit. Dallas He's a hitter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dallas missed out on a couple opportunities. I, I know they really wanted Earl Thomas, and they missed out on that chance to kind of make a, make a splash free agent signing. But um, I think they're more along the lines of what the Redskins are. I, I, I kind of have them going probably around the 8-8, eight and eight, you know, plus or minus a game, 7-9 or 9-7. and seven. I don't think they're a double-digit win team. Because through the air, your real consistent target is Amari Cooper. He's a fantastic receiver, but you know, I think you're putting a bit of pressure on on him. And I think, like you said, the offense just runs through Dax. I have them going around eight and eight, uh, seven and nine at worst, nine and seven at best. I think they're middle of the pack team, like they have been in the past couple of years. I, I know this sounds kind of odd. I, I think the loss of Cole Beasley is is probably going to show itself towards the middle and end of the season when when Dallas is dealing with some injuries and, and they need a slot guy, and they're probably going to end up having to go deep in their depth chart to find that dude over the middle. I definitely think that they're probably middle-of-the-pack team. Yeah, no, I can see that. I can see that. Beasley was a pretty big asset for that team. I'm a little higher on the receivers they have now. I think uh, Michael Gallup is a guy who's ascending. I I really like Amari Cooper, too. I think, ultimately, it'll come down, however, to coaching and Kellen Moore. Uh, He got promoted to offensive coordinator. Uh, we, We saw what Amari Cooper did for that offense, and we see, you know, their offensive line is still very good. Dak Prescott, we've seen that when he has all the pieces around him, when he has that defense and when he has the running game with Zeke Elliott and that offensive line, he can win. I haven't really zeroed in on a record yet, but they're one of those teams. I think it'll be the Eagles and the Cowboys vying for that number one spot. It's going to be really interesting to see how that unfolds. Um, should we even talk about the Giants? I'm, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, Honestly, anytime I get to rip the Giants, please, let's just roll out the red carpet. (laughs) All right. No hanging fruit. Let's pick it all day. Oh, my God. All right. Well, Matt, you sound eager, so I'll let you have at it. All right. So I have lived in the D.C. area my entire life going to Redskins games at FedEx Field filled with Giants fans. So the fact that they are kind of getting their moment at the bottom of the barrel is it's just fine by me. I don't know how on earth you can rationalize trading away Odell Beckham. You trade Olivia Vernon. You let the Redskins sign Landon Collins. This Josh Norman said it best. We have to protect David Gettleman because this team is a dumpster fire, and he's the one holding the match and the can of gasoline. 
Uh, the only thing I can say about the Giants is their offensive line might be a little bit better this year uh, with Will Hernandez in year two when they acquired Kevin Zeitler. But you have an Eli Manning clone and Daniel Jones who might sit for one to three years, depending on who you hear from. Uh, this team's coming dead last in the NFC East. That that picture was scary. Oh my God! There was a picture circulating um, a couple of days ago of Eli and Daniel Jones at OTAs, and they looked exactly alike. Like that was like oh, that was great. Down oh to my. their mannerisms, like their facial expressions, their what they were doing with their hands. Like, like the gr- the classic Eli grimace. Daniel Jones has it too. Like, Sign him to a long term deal right now. <laughs> I yeah. know, seriously. 10 years, yeah, he's the locked The look of up. confusion, and it's, it's, it's just bizarre. Oh, my God, yeah. And you know what's the funny part is, um, yeah, listening to Dave Gettleman talk about that whole ordeal is something. I mean, first he said that he thought the Redskins were in on Jones and they wanted to get him before anyone could trade up. The Skins later said, no, Haskins was our guy the whole time. And then Gettleman said, um, at one point he said that Jones won him over at the Senior Bowl a game where the defenses are restricted and it's just like, and quarterbacks are throwing like 10 passes. It's like, are you serious right now? I mean, yeah, I, I the whole, the whole narrative about David Gettleman saying like, no, I, I know the league circles. Somebody was going to take him. You know, I know one or two teams were, were in on, on Daniel Jones uh, before we picked again at 17. Um, I, I, I'm the farthest thing from a Bruce Allen fan. But if there's one thing Bruce Allen probably knows better than a lot of people in the NFL, it's how to manipulate. Uh-huh. Uh, and and I, I have I just have a feeling that he he took a page out of the out of the politics book and and kind of added a narrative there about you know in in the league circles behind closed doors about how the Redskins were going to take Daniel Jones. I just have a small feeling that he's a little bit uh, deserves a little bit of credit for forcing that, that that pick there yeah I mean it's interesting how something like that happens every year it seems like like last year Darius Geis falling the phantom character concerns and everything I mean I don't want to say it's Bruce but yeah that one's t- you know I don't want to say that he necessarily spread bad rumors about a player that he yeah. intended to draft but it's just uh, interesting because that's just you know that's too much to speculate but it does yeah. it is odd how there's these repeated narratives that can't be traced back to anywhere that seem to benefit the Redskins on draft day. yeah it's interesting hey I'll take it but it's, it's interesting it's, yeah it's very interesting Amen. Connor what do you think about the Giants right now same deal yeah, I mean, just a complete joke. I, I I think there were three things that stood out to me that I thought were, um, look, I just thought trading away Odell Beckham was just, I think that guy is such a headache. I mean, if I'm a general manager, I would hate to have that guy in my locker room. But, you know, I thought that trading away a guy that quite frankly was, was I mean, look, if you think that Daniel Jones is your guy, then he's your dude. He's got some upside. There's reason to like him. You've got Saquon. You've got Odell. I, I don't know why the Giants felt the need to fire sell their team this year. I, I think allowing Landon Collins to go to the Redskins is about as bad of a situation as you could have possibly had. I mean, paying him what? It was it would market be about $11 million a year for safety. I think if so. If you don't want to pay him, that's one thing. But, I mean, you, you, I mean, I think you got to either fit, I think the thing that made the Landon Collins thing just that much of a head-scratcher was to let him walk, to go to the Skins, and then to replace him with Antoine Bethea, 
I thought it was a joke when I saw this come across my screen. I didn't even know Antoine Bethea was in the league. I'm pretty sure I was eight years old when I was watching Antoine Bethea on the Colts. And I'm going, I cannot believe this guy actually still plays in the NFL. At 35 <laughs> years old, replacing Landon Collins with him was just, I know, that, I mean, Antoine Bethea in his prime was incredible. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm telling you, when I, when I saw that they were replacing him with a 35-year-old, I'm going, honestly, thank you. Thank you, Dave Gettleman. Stay in New York for 15 more years. Um, <laughs> I know Golden Tate, you're taking a flyer on a guy. You know, um, I, I think they paid him for four years. Um, but I just thought, yeah, Olivier Vernon leaving. Olivier Vernon always causes issues in the run game. Odell Beckham leaving. I, I mean, honestly, I just, I'm so happy New Yorker incompetent. And I'm so glad that we're finally sitting here saying, hey, maybe the Redskins aren't the biggest dumpster fire in the East. Um, don't speak too soon, by the way. The Reds did very well. Just bugged this up. But either way, um, yeah, I thought Odell leaving for Jabril Peppers and, and you know, the 17th overall. I, I just – I don't know what you're doing there. I, I didn't think the Giants were in a situation where they needed uh, to fire sale. I, I really thought to myself, what a disaster would it be for the Redskins if the Giants took Haskins at six, had Barkley in the backfield, had Odell outside. I was just starting to think, oh, man, that would be a debacle for the Redskins because, again, you, people have knocks on Haskins that are probably merited, but the upside there would have been terrifying. And instead, they they just unraveled. It kind of gives the same feeling as what Chip Kelly did up in, with the Eagles for that year when mm-hmm. it was just like, oh, my Lord, he is absolutely just tearing the team apart. You just don't know. The NFL can change. But, um, but man, at face value, again, this could all blow up in our face. Dave Gellman may have some secret plan that, that – you know, works out for him. But to me, I just think he, I just don't know what he was doing up in yeah. New York. I, you know? So, well, well, here's you know. the thing. If you're, if you're going to fire sale and everything, like I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that in a sense. I didn't think the Giants roster was built very well. So like, I'm okay. I'm cool with that. You know, if you want to reset, require or acquire assets, you know, get, get some of that. I'm cool with that, but you got to go all in. You know, you can't yeah. trade away Odell and then sign Golden Tate and negate a comp pick next year. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't say, you can't um, draft a quarterback. You know, get rid of all his weapons. You know, put him in a situation he can't at least you know learn and grow. You know, I feel like you, you don't have to keep Beckham, but I feel like there's more cost-effective ways they could have fostered that type of environment for Jones and. Gettleman said in a press conference um, that you can win and rebuild at the same time, and that sounds a whole lot like six and ten, five and eleven, four and twelve, maybe seven and nine no at best. You know that that sounds like NFL purgatory to me. You know you, you gotta no you gotta have that process. You can't just try to you know do both at once. It's not going to work. Uncle Steve, Aunt Denise, if you're listening, I am not a Giants hater. I just do not. You know. <laughs> I want the Giants to do well, okay? I, I I feel I feel for those fans, but um, it's um, it's not looking good over there for sure. Well, I, you you bring up a good point about uh, you know, you can't half you can't half-ass fire sailing. Yeah, you yeah. Know, tank, tanking, you know, and and this is something that Redskins fans and probably the Redskins internally had to consider at at this point, uh, at the, or at the beginning of the off season when when Smith was down and you just finished the season with Josh Johnson as your quarterback, you have no young quarterback in the system. Uh, you're, you have a couple older veterans that are very good and still have some value like Trent Williams and Kerrigan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm sure at some point they sat around the table and had to decide, you know, are we going to try to keep this going or do we, do we blow it up? 
they decided to keep it going. But I do kind of feel like there is a bit of rebuilding and trying to win at the same time going on with the Redskins. Uh, you know, you have Haskins, you have Case Keenum. Uh, you have Jay Gruden still here for one more year, uh, you know, supposedly. Uh, maybe he'll be here for longer, probably not. So I, I do feel like the Redskins are kind of in that weird purgatory of yeah. the 6-10 and 10 to, you know, maybe seven wins here and there. But I kind of feel like they're doing the same thing as the Giants. They're just a little bit better. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think that's a good segue, too. I mean, where do the Redskins fit in this picture? You know, maybe before the Reuben Foster injury, I don't know how big of an impact that was for you guys. But to me, if anything was going to get this team to the playoffs, it was going to be their defense because I'm not sold on the offense just yet. Even with Haskins, you know, uh, uh, there's going to be a learning curve for any rookie quarterback. So that defense had to be elite. And uh, without Foster, I'm not sure that can be the case. But I don't know. And, you know, to save Gruden's job, it might take a playoff bid. So I, I don't know what you guys think about how the Redskins kind of factor into that equation. Connor, I'll go with you first, and then we'll go to Matt. How do the Redskins factor in here? Uh, yeah, like I said, I, look, I give the Eagles the best chance to win it. I mean, I, I would probably have to say that the Skins um, – look, I think the Skins could be a second-place you know, second place finisher, between second and third. Um, that's not to say that, again, they – Again, we've seen in the past how the NFCs can be elite. You've seen the Giants go 13 and 3, you've seen Dallas go 13 and 3, you've seen Eagles win the Super Bowl. Um, but you just, there are times when the, you know, the NFCs is just wide open. I remember last year, halfway through the season, we were sitting here and saying the, the NFCs was absolutely wide open. The Cowboys went on a hot run, but you just, you don't know. I, I think the skins are in the middle ground. I, I really do think that Reuben Foster injury is a, is a gut punch um, to that defense. You really don't know what kind of, you know, player he really would have been. I think it's a lot of speculation. Um, but, you know, his athleticism, his upside, his value, most importantly, was just – it was it was something the Skins could build off of. But, yeah, I think there's 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 a lot to be excited about if you're the Skins. You know, there's a lot of lot of young talent, specifically young talent. I think it's kind of the opposite of what Dallas are going for. There. I mean, they have a lot of young talent. I mean, again, with Payne and Allen on the line. Um, you know, you, you've got Montez Sweat on the outside. And, um, you know, you've got youth everywhere on this roster. And a lot to be excited about. But yeah, like I said, when you look at the receiver core, depending on who you ask, they'll probably give you a different number one receiver. And it's like, you know, you really don't know. And, and I think that, that that's something that's probably going to take the skins about a year or so mm-hmm. to fix. Like you said, um, I don't think the offense is something I buy just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely I, – I think – I think middle of the pack. I think they absolutely have the upside to go nine and seven. Um, I, you know, I don't know if they would be able to go ten and six. I just don't know. The, the schedule is a little more favorable this year. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I think middle of the pack. I don't know what Matt thinks. I don't know what you think here. Uh, so I have the Redskins uh, in third place. Like if I if I break it down, I have the Eagles as the number one with with a pretty big step above the Cowboys, and then I have the Cowboys as number two, and then another big drop off, and then the Redskins, and then another big drop off as the Cowboys. I mean, as the as the Giants down there at the bottom. Uh, to a lot of the points you guys made, I, I think there's some optimism around the future of the offense. Uh, you know, it was just a couple months ago that Jay Gruden said Dwayne Haskins needs time before he's ready to start. Then we draft him, the narrative changes because they threw some balls in shorts and, and a t shirt. I you know, I, I you know, to, to he can start right away or he's competing. You know, I, I do think he's gonna take time. I know we're all excited about Dwayne Haskins, but I don't think 
Uh, I don't think he'll be your day one starter. And if he is, I don't think it's going to go very well. Not because he's bad, just because he's a rookie uh, with not a lot of experience coming in. And we have a tough schedule, at least in the beginning. Uh, so I, I think he's going to take some hits. I think the offense is going to struggle uh, to to the point on the defense. I think the defense was going to be the strong suit. I still think it will be the Reuben Foster hit. That that sucks. Uh, you know, he's a guy trying to rebuild himself on and off the field, mm-hmm. surrounded by his you know Alabama brothers, and and it's worst time. The first play of the first OTA, you couldn't couldn't have asked for it to happen worse for him there. Uh, but I, I still think the defense will be the strength. I mean, getting Montez Sweat was huge. Ryan Kerrigan's still very consistent. That defensive line is, is ridiculous. Uh, the secondary is okay. Landon Collins is going to be a big reinforcement there, and I think he'll help in the run game as well, or against the run game. Uh, but but I still I still see this team as, as a third-place contender. Yeah, I feel like um, getting you know having this draft performance was huge, uh, you know, bringing back fans and everything, but... Now that they can see that optimism on the horizon, I feel like a lot of people are kind of clinging to that and like, all right, we want some immediacy here. You know, we have Haskins. He's a baller. You know, we got Geis coming back. He's a baller. We got McLaurin, you know, chemistry, Kelvin Harmon, steal of the draft, Jordan Reed. If he's healthy, he's elite. And I feel like we need to just take a step back and slow down. You know, when have the pieces come together for the Redskins in the past five years? I mean, it's tough to ask, but... You know, yeah, it's it's a lot of what ifs. It's yeah. what if Reed stays healthy. What if Haskins can start Week One? What if the O line stays healthy? Yeah. Uh, what if Josh Doxson proves he's not a bust? You know, it's it's so many what ifs that even if one or two break your way, it's still a pretty big uphill battle. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's all going to come together. Like I think I think Kelvin Harmon, for instance, is going to be a steal. You know, I'm I'm very high on his skill set, but he's just one guy. He can't make the offense home. You know, if Haskins is having a learning curve or if Jay Gruden's offense is still a little inefficient and if Kevin O'Connell doesn't have the influence he should, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, you know, and it's gonna have some uh, externalities, some negative externalities and an effect on that offense. And you know, they, they can't win with defense alone, not in the modern NFL. So I, I have them going um I had them going eight and eight before Ruben Foster's injury. I might knock them down a game just because I, I was so contingent on that defense being as good as it could be um, for them to reach their upside. I'm not sure it can happen anymore. Um, we're almost at a time, so um, two guests. We're going to have each of you just real quick closing thoughts. Uh, Matt, I'll go with you first, just general NFC East. You know, what should we expect? Um, you know, just to, to recap, I, I have the Eagles as number one, Cowboys two, Redskins three, Giants four. Uh, I did just want to, you know, instead of adding final thoughts, if I could just throw one question in real quick for you guys, I want to know where you stand on Josh Norman. There's a lot of talk about potential June one, what's going on there. Where, where do you guys stand on him with the team? Yeah, I think to to answer your question, honestly, Josh Norman is one of those guys. I think it's really frustrating, especially last year with what he's being paid. His performance on the field has absolutely not lived up to his contract, you know, in any category. But I think, again, when you're talking about cutting a guy and saving cap room, I know there's benefits of rolling over cap to the next year. But I think that taking out Josh Norman early, I think by cutting him, I think you leave a massive hole. That's the, the secondary is already a weak link. And I know fans are already jumping into the Quentin Dunbar idea that he's just going to step up and, and be healthy and be effective if you cut josh norman I, I think you're you're really really vacating that secondary i think josh norman is a fine cornerback he's not elite he's nowhere near what he was before but i think by cutting him would just cause you a lot bigger problems than if you had just left it be 
I, I have to agree with Matt. The Eagles going one. I got the Skins going two, Dallas three, um, New York four. Um, I'm a Skins fan. I'm always going to give my, my the benefit of the doubt to my Skins. They haven't deserved it. And quite frankly, I'm just walking myself down a road of pain again. But you know what? <laughs> I think the Cowboys and the Skins are really, really even. I think that, honestly, the Skins could draft a three in a blink of an eye. Again, if any if half the injuries that happened before happen again, I think the Skins are in some trouble. But yeah, I think the Skins are, are going to be competitive. It just depends how the division does. I think the division can do well. I also think it can suck. And uh, hopefully it does. Hopefully the Skins pick <laughs> up the slack. And uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah, for sure. Um, Real quick about your Norman thing. I had a convo on Twitter about Jordan Reed, a similar convo. You know, I get how people want to cut him, you know, those cap numbers are very taxing, but, you know, I, I just look at it as what does it do for you in 2019? You know, I, to me, it's not worth losing the player on the field to get that cap number off the books when you could just do it next offseason. Um, and I get, you know, if you were tanking and you just want to get rid of everybody and whole clean slate, I mean, go fine, go for it. Try and trade some guys, but it's not going to happen. So uh, why, why go halfway? Kind of like what we were talking about earlier with Dave. So I would keep him Absolutely. for now. I mean, yeah, I, com- I completely agree. Yeah. The cap space does not help you at this point in 2019. So whatever. Um, as for the NFC East, I've got the Eagles and the Cowboys duking it out at number one. I think the skins, if they reach their full, 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 full potential, maybe just maybe could challenge them, but I don't see it happening. And then the giants at number four. And, you know, maybe Saquon Barkley can lead them to a few games. He's a transcendent talent at running back, but um, it's not looking pretty. So, um, unfortunately, though, we are out of time, guys. This was our first edition of the Rigo's Rag Roundtable. So, thanks to Connor. Thanks to Matt for coming on. Um, you Be sure to voice your comments, uh, voice your thoughts in the comments. Um, and uh, peace out. Have a good night.